there's many times where you're going to want to wear gloves, but there's particular areas of the body with all patients, you're definitely going to want to wear gloves. And they include your hair, the hair, feet, genitalia, mouth, and muc anything with mucous membranes like the nose. Um, but obviously other uh, scenarios is, you know, there's uh, contact precautions, airborne precautions, or droplet precautions. Okay, when you administer eardrops, obviously after following the six rites of medication administration, you're going to perform your three label checks, follow standard precautions, and of course gather your equipment, which is going to be eardrops, gloves, and a cotton ball. Perform hand hygiene, confirm that the medication is optic preparation, transport it to the patient's room, ID patient, introduce yourself, and explain the procedure, which is used to establish trust. You want to perform, provide privacy, determine which ears to receive the medication, and position the patient with the uh, affected ear upward. You're going to don gloves. Remove external exudite from ear. It's necessary to obtain an order for irrigating the ear. So you can't just um, you can't just irrigate an ear. You have to have an order for it. Um, it can drainage can harbor microorganisms and also can impede the distribution of medication to the canal. So it is important to get rid of any external ex exudite. Uh, you want to draw the medication into a dropper and for adults and children older than three to instill the drops, you're going to turn the head with the affected side up. You're going to pull the ear earlobe up and back or pull the pinna up and back. Uh, to straighten the external auditory canal, you're going to instill the drops without touching the ear with the dropper. So you're going to let the drops kind of just fall into the ear canal. For children ages three and younger, you're going to turn the area, you're going to turn the head with the affected side up and pull the earlobe down and back. Once again, you're going to pull the pina down and back and instill the drops without touching the ear with the dropper. And this will provide direct access uh, to deeper external structures. Um, you're going to tell the patient to remain in the same position for 5 to 10 minutes. You need to do this so that the medication can drain into the ear by gravity. This will also promote the distribution of the drops in ear canal. Um, place a cotton ball loosely into the ear as needed. It will prevent the medication escaping if the patient sits or stands. Remove the gloves. Leave the patient in a comfortable position. Clean your work area. We want to answer the patient's questions and, if appropriate, teach patient self-care. Also, perform hand hygiene, which will reduce the spread of microorganisms. You want to record the administration of medications per facility policy and return to assess patient's response to medication, which um, enables you to determine if the medication was effective or there was any adverse reactions. And, of course, you want to document your findings in the nursing notes. Okay. So, urinary disorder. Each day, the cells of the body are metabolizing ingested nutrients. Um, this provides energy, but also produces waste products. And they, as proteins break down, they uh, create nitrogenous waste, urea, ammonia, and creatinine, which is a nitrogenous compound produced by metabolic processes in the body. The urinary system is mostly responsible for maintenance of homeostasis in the body. The primary function of the kidneys is the excretion of waste products. They also assist in regulating the body's water, electrolytes, secretion of erythropoietin, which stimulates red blood cell production, and acid-base balance. So we're going to go over that again. The kidneys assist in regulating the body's water, 
regulating electrolytes, and the secretion of erythropoietin, which is used to stimulate the red blood cell production and the acid-base balance, and also it is important for the excretion of waste products. The urinary system has two kidneys, two ureters, one bladder, and one urethra. The kidneys remove waste, excess water, and electrolytes from the blood and concentrate them into the urine. The ureters are going to take your urine from the kidneys to the bladder. The bladder collects and stores the urine, and then the urethra transports the urine from the bladder to the outside of the body during elimination. This chapter explores the filtering process of the kidneys, the composition of urine, how urine is removed from the body. The kidneys lie behind the parietal peritoneum, or retroperitoneum, just below the diaphragm on each side of the vertebral column. They are dark red, bean-shaped organs, and they're about four to five inches long, two to three inches wide, and about one inch thick. Because of the position of the liver, the right kidney slightly lower than the left. That's okay. Kidneys are surrounded and anchored in place by a layer of adipose tissue. That's right. That fat hold everything in place. Near the center of each kidney, kidney's medial border is a notch or indention called the hilus. It's where the renal kidney enters and the renal vein and the ureter exit the kidney. The adrenal glands, part of the endocrine system, sit near the top of each kidney. That's right. The adrenal glands are right on top of your kidneys. So, sometimes they secrete hormones that help control blood pressure and heart rate, among other functions. The primary substance secreted by the adrenal cortex is, this is a biggie, mineral cortico, min, let me say it again, mineralocorticoid hormone called aldosterone. Aldosterone. The level of potassium concentration in the plasma is the primary regulator of aldosterone. So, how is aldosterone regulated? Uh... That's right, the concentration of potassium in the plasma. This evokes, um, changes evoked through the adrenal glands also produce changes in kidney structure. Um, the outer covering is a strong layer of connected tissue called the renal capsule. Directly beneath it is the renal cortex, which contains 1.25 million renal tubules, which are part of the microscopic filtration system. Beneath that cortex is the medulla, which is a darker color. The medulla contains the triangular pyramids. Continuing inward, the narrow points of the pyramids, the papillae, empty urine into the calluses. The calluses are cup-like extensions of the renal pelvis that guide urine into the main part of the renal pelvis. The renal pelvis is an expansion of the upper end of the ureter, and the ureter in turn drains the finished product, which is your urine, into the bladder. Okay, each kidney contains more than one million nephrons. Nephrons resemble a microscopic funnel with a long stem and two convoluted sections. This is known as the functional part of your kidney. It filters the blood and processes the urine by, one, controlling body fluid levels by selectively removing or retaining water, two, helping regulate the pH of the blood, three, removing toxic waste from the blood. Approximately 60 times the day, the body's entire volume of blood is filtered through the kidneys via the nephron. The nephron has two main structures. They are the renal capsicle and the renal tubule. The renal 
corpsicle, sorry, serenal corpsicle is tightly bound network of capillaries called glomeri. And the singular version of this is glomerulus, and they're held inside a cup-like structure of the Bowman's capsule. The renal arteries left and right branch off the abdominal aorta and enter each kidney at the hilius. Hilus. The renal arteries continue branching inside the kidney until blood is delivered to the glomerulus and by efferent arterioles. The filtered blood leaves the glomerulus through an efferent arteriole and flows to a paratubular capillary. The cleansed blood finally reaches the renal veins and flows into inferior vena cava. The renal tubule becomes tightly coiled, makes a sudden straight drop, and curves back upward like a hairpin, a hanel's loop or nephron loop, and becomes tightly coiled again at the distal convoluted tubule. The convoluted tubule terminates at the collecting tubular duct. Several collecting ducts unite in a pyramid and open at the papilla to in empty urine in the associated calyx. The juxta glomerular apparatus is a microscopic structure in the kidney and it regulates the function of each nephron. It is found between the vascular probe, pole of the renal capsicle, corpsicle, and the returning distal convoluted tubule of the same nephron. This location is critical to its function in regulating renal blood flow and the glomerular filtration rate. The juxta glomer Ruler apparatus is where the afferent arterioles come into direct contact with distal convoluted tubule. The, this also regulates systemic blood pressure and filtrate formation. The specialized cells of this region are called juxta glomerular cells. These cells contain an enzyme renin and sense blood pressure. Oh, God, these are big words. The specialized cells of the distal convoluted tubule at the point of contact with the afferent arterial are the macula densa cells. These cells sense changes in the solute concentration and flow rate of the filtrate. When systemic blood pressure, blood pressure decreases, juxta glomerular cells have a decreased stretch, which leads to their release of renin. Renin releases activities, release activates the renin angiotensin mechanism, which ultimately leads to increased blood pressure. Wow. Reabsorption begins as soon as the filtrate reaches the tubule system, and the filtrate contains important products needed by the body. They are water, glucose, ions, and ions, and 99% of the filtrate returns to the body. So basically, the three phases of urine formation and location of the processes are filtration of water and blood products is going to be in the glomerulus of Bowman's capsule. Reabsorption of water, glucose, and necessary ions go back into the blood, and it occurs primarily in the proximal convoluted tubules, Hinnell's loop, and the distal convoluted tubules, and secretion of certain ions, nitrogenous waste products and drugs occur primarily in the distal convoluted tubule. This is the reverse of absorption, reabsorption. This process is the reverse of reabsorption, and the substances move from the blood to the filtrate.